This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Rupert Murdoch has named his successor. It's his eldest son, Lachlan Murdoch. It comes as Rupert gets set to step down from his management roles with his global media empire in mid-November at the age of 92. So in this Squish Shortcut, we're going to look back at the power Murdoch accumulated as one of the biggest news proprietors in the world, plus the challenges Lachlan faces as he leads the businesses into their next chapters. Squish Shortcuts is your backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, let's just set the scene for a moment. Rupert Murdoch built News Corp and later Fox Corporation, and together they're worth about 40 billion Australian dollars. And Alex, I always find comparisons helpful just to get a sense of the scale of these things. So the Commonwealth Bank's value is almost $170 billion. So the News Corp and Fox Corporation businesses are together about a quarter of the size of our biggest bank. But for News Corp and Fox Corp, their stock in trade is news, and they control some of the world's most influential newspapers and TV stations. And that gives them power. Yeah, it sure does give them power. And keep in mind that the Murdoch family owns about 40% of the voting shares in those companies. And when you talk about the biggest publications and broadcasters, they have the most popular newspapers in Britain, the most popular news channels in the United States. And here in Australia, for decades, News Corp has controlled about 50 to 70% of the newspapers that are sold here. And we will get into all of the issues with that in a moment. But first, let's go all the way back to the start, when Rupert Murdoch was born in Melbourne back in 1931. And he was born into a media family. His father was Sir Keith Murdoch, who was a political journalist who rose to prominence as a correspondent during World War One. We could do a whole shortcut on Sir Keith because he's a really interesting guy. Uh, he started the company that we now know as News Corp. He transitioned from journalist to owner when he established a national chain of newspapers that included the Herald in Melbourne, um, what's now the advertising in Adelaide, the Courier-Mail in Brisbane, and also the West Australian in Perth. And for media nerds, he also founded the Australian Associated Press, AAP. That was back in 1935. And it's our newswire service, which provides independent news to all of the media outlets for a fee. So he was very successful. But in 1952, Sir Keith died, and this was at a time when Rupert was 22 and at Oxford at the time. Rupert returned to Australia where he took charge of his father's business. After settling some debts, the main newspaper that was left was in Adelaide, and it had been making a loss until Rupert took it over and turned it into a huge success. Yeah, and from there, he really did springboard into a decades-long buying spree across the world. In Australia, he acquired newspapers in Adelaide, uh, Perth, New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria, and the Northern Territory. And in 1964, he creates the Australian newspaper, which is 
our remaining broadsheet newspaper. Yes, and broadsheet is a little bit of media jargon. That's the bigger newspaper. It's meant to be a bit more in-depth and serious than a tabloid newspaper, which is smaller and has a reputation for being a bit more sensational. Yep, and that all means something when we were buying hard copy newspapers en masse. (laughs) Back in the day. But, Claire, by this point, Rupert has already turned his eyes to bigger prizes outside of Australia. There is a flurry of activity from him at the end of the 1960s when he buys two UK newspapers. So, by 1969, he is controlling one called The News of the World and another paper called The Sun. They're both tabloid papers in every sense of that word. And once again, he turns these papers into big commercial successes. Yeah, and at this point, people are looking at Murdoch's rise and started to identify a recipe for success. The BBC called it the sex and sensation formula in that he, and this is the quote, introduced bare breasts to the breakfast table. Uh, The Economist has also had a look at Murdoch's career. They said that Murdoch invented the modern tabloid newspaper, uh, a stew of sexual titillation, moral outrage and political aggression. And it was, again, hugely successful. So much so that he buys the legacy newspapers in the UK, The Times and The Sunday Times. So they are really prestigious broadsheets. And that cemented his place as the king of media in that country. But when you're on such a good roll, why stop at the UK and Australia? Yeah, that's exactly right. And Rupert Murdoch set his sights on America. Uh, He bought newspapers there in 1973. And then in 1985, he became a US citizen because only US citizens were allowed to buy TV stations. And that was the next frontier for him. Uh, And that year, he bought 20th Century Fox. He turned it into 21st Century Fox. Mm. And in the UK in 1990, he launches what will become Sky Broadcasting. Then in 1996 in the US, he launches Fox News. That's a lot of TV stations. And now Fox News is the biggest primetime news channel in the US, and it has a huge influence on American politics. But it wasn't all wins. Back in 2005, at the start of the digital revolution, he paid US $580 million to buy a website called MySpace. Yeah, MySpace was a complete dud. It very quickly (laughs) became all about Facebook when it came to social media. They're probably not even in the top eight social media networks anymore. Just a little MySpace joke. (laughs) So that is a quick gallop through how Murdoch built his empire. It has also, at times, landed him in hot water. So, up next, the tricky bits that Rupert Murdoch's son, Lachlan, will have to navigate. Alright, so Rupert Murdoch has amassed these publications and broadcast channels. He is a global media mogul. But it wasn't all smooth sailing. One of the greatest challenges to his media empire came in 2010. Yeah, we mentioned that one of the papers that he owned in London is the News of the World. It was the biggest newspaper in the UK at the time. But at the end of 2010, there were claims that its journalists and people who were contributing to the newspaper had been illegally hacking into the voicemails of celebrities and other people in the news in order to get stories. Yeah, and it came out over the next year that thousands of people had had their voicemails hacked over decades. Everybody from celebrities to the royal family to ordinary citizens. 
One of the worst examples was when journalists hacked into the voicemails of a missing schoolgirl who turned out to have been murdered. Yeah, it was an enormous scandal in Britain and some of the people involved went to jail. But for Rupert Murdoch, it was a big hit to his empire. He had to shut down the news of the world. Uh, Of course, just a reminder, it was the biggest newspaper in the country. So it was a really big moment. Yes, it sure was. And more recently, there was a big challenge to Murdoch's Fox News channel in the US. So a lot has been said about Fox News and its role in the rise of Donald Trump. But for the company, there was a lot of trouble coming out of its coverage of the 2020 US presidential election. Yeah, so just to refresh your memory about that, Trump lost to Joe Biden, but he wouldn't admit defeat. And in fact, he said that the election had been stolen from him. And one of the claims that he made was that voting machines made by a company called Dominion had somehow rigged the election for Biden. Some hosts on Fox News picked up that theory and really ran with it. But then Dominion sued Fox News over the false claims, and that trial led to the release of internal documents showing that Fox News stars who had been spreading this lie didn't actually believe it themselves. Yeah, so there was a big reputational hit, and it was a really costly one for Fox as well. It settled the claim with Dominion just before the trial for $787 million US dollars, and it's not over yet. Uh, there's a $2.7 billion damages claim from Smartmatic. It's another voting machine manufacturer that was savaged by Fox's talent. During that saga, Fox also lost their most popular host, Tucker Carlson, as a result of disclosures of his text messages during that lawsuit. Now, Claire, let's turn towards the future of the Murdoch empire. Lachlan Murdoch is taking over. What problems is he going to inherit? Yeah, so there's all of those legacy issues. But on top of that, of course, the issue that a lot of media outlets are struggling with is how to be profitable in the era of digital disruption. Uh, On the newspaper side of things, that's really hard. And then for the TV channels, uh, which are mostly cable channels that the Murdoch's own in the United States. The question is to how to keep those eyeballs as audience shift towards streaming. Um, They've largely done that by picking a lane, picking a content lane and being the best at it. And that's news and views for an audience uh, that like their politics on the right. Yes. And it is a formula that has extended across News Corp's publication. Their tabloids and broadsheet businesses cater to a politically conservative audience. So those will be the questions for Lachlan Murdoch as he takes over. Yeah, and there's been a bit said since the announcement that when it comes to politics, that's where Lachlan's head is at, that he's aligned to that kind of operating model. And keep in mind that he's been the executive chairman and the CEO of Fox Corporation since 2019. So he's been doing it for a while. And he's also had several roles with News Corp over the last 30 years. So before we wrap this episode up, Claire, let's just touch in on Lachlan's siblings, given the strong succession vibes of this news. What is being said about where his brothers and sisters are in all of this? Yep. Of course, if you're a fan of that show, you want to know (laughs) what's happening to the rest of the clan. Um, The first thing to note here is that Rupert has six children. Lachlan is the oldest boy, and he and his brother, James, have really had the most involvement in those businesses. James is known 
known as being a bit more liberal than his brother. And in 2020, he stepped away from the empire over decisions that he disagreed with. There's two older sisters. There's Prudence, who came from Rupert's first marriage, and then there's Elizabeth. Elizabeth had quite a bit to do with the media operations in the early days, but since then she stepped away and really has launched her own enterprises. She's involved in films and TV. Uh, And then, of course, Prudence, who I just mentioned, she really hasn't been involved in things much at all, although she's had a couple of board roles with papers like The Times. Then there are two younger children from one of Rupert's later marriages, uh, but they are both at uni still. Yeah, so their mother is Wendy Ding and their two girls are Grace and Chloe. Um, They've got non-voting shares. They got that in the divorce. Um, So they have an asset, but they have no say in how News Corp or Fox Corporation is run. And then, of course, when it comes to looking ahead, though, even with all of this, Rupert Murdoch isn't actually retiring. Yeah, he is becoming the chairman of emeritus of his companies. So at 92, he is still right in the middle of the action. And that is your shortcut to Rupert Murdoch's empire. Up next, some recommendations. Each week, we like to give you some further reading, watching and listening. And this week, I would like to shout out a book by the Aussie journalist Paddy Manning called The Successor, which is all about Lachlan Murdoch and how he got to the position that he is in within his dad's empire. Yeah, a particularly critical view, you could say, about the Murdoch family, but a very well-regarded read, that one. Uh, Also, when it comes to that phone hacking scandal, it's a really interesting chapter of history, and there's a podcast called British Scandal which tells that whole story. It's from their third season, and that was back in 2021, so a good listen if you want to get across that. And that is it for us. If you like what you heard, please tell people about the podcast. And if you have any requests, you can send them through to to hello at thesquiz.com.au. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista. Tell your hairdresser. Whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.